All right, Gophers fans, we are diving into the mailbag, answering your questions here at Locked On Golden Gophers. Hey, you are no Locked On happens, Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. All right, you're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And we are doing a live listener mailbag. I want to get more of these, especially as we get into the offseason. And I want to get your questions live. Now, I've got some questions ahead of time on Twitter. I made a post and got some questions in. But if you have any along this show as well, definitely drop them in the comments over on YouTube. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets for every $5 winning money line bet. But let's jump into the questions. We had some interesting ones, and this is going to be a fun discussion here with Gopher Sports. It's not just football, it's also basketball included. But the first question that came out was, what are the Gophers going to possibly do this offseason? Now, I know that it can seem a little hesitant or a little scary with all the different departures that have come up and everything, but right now, prioritizing this offseason, you have to do everything in your power to retain players first and foremost. That has to be priority number one with this offseason. Now, first, that means retaining your 2024 commits and your current players. Now, you've seen players mentioning coming on board for Dinkytown athletes for the next season. And that is a positive sign, meaning they'll probably be back next year. And that's a great sign. You've seen Jod Joyner, Cody Lindenberg, Devin Eastern, Devin Williams, Maverick Baranowski, Danny Strigal, Jack Henderson, a number of the freshmen that have jumped in on that. Kerry Brown, Zaquan Bryan, Kenrick Lanier, TJ McWilliams, Martin Owusu, lots and lots of gophers. Greg Johnson and Theron Randall are also in there, but you need to show love, lock in, prioritize retaining your other core group of guys, Daniel Jackson, Darius Taylor, Ariante Ursary, Quinn Carroll, Justin Wally. We haven't seen or heard too much from them on social platforms and whatnot, but those are the guys that you have to lock in and maintain your conversations with, make sure they're feeling the love, make sure that you have a good sense and feeling that they are staying here with the Gophers. That has to be priority number one. Then when you look at all that and you get an idea of who is on this roster moving forward into the bowl and into the offseason, then obviously you start to make moves. Now the staff will have a better knowledge on who all is coming back and who is intending to maybe enter their name on the portal still on Monday. That's the official portal open date. So the staff have an idea of what that's going to look like. And then you take a look at your self-scout. You take a look at the film and you study what went wrong this season. Where can you improve? And though they probably have been doing that week to week and have a good idea of where the blemishes are, you take all that, you take the roster that you know you are going to have moving forward and you outline and identify which key positions or depth you need in the portal. And that's how you get an idea. And obviously the quarterback room is probably priority number one with the Gophers with the departures that we've had. So that's kind of where the Gophers go from here when it comes to the offseason and first steps. I appreciate the question. Now, uh, two questions I got similar, so I'm going to answer them both in one fell swoop, but it was, do we know where the NIL rankings 
are relatively for the conference and like where are the gophers in that grouping now this is an extremely sensitive and hard topic to find when it comes to that information and of course it's not going to want to be public because you don't want athletes and prospects to be able to see your exact money totals and compare it to other schools that are after them and it becomes too much of a crash grabs cash grab so you're not going to see those numbers very publicly but that being said i jumped onto on three's nil portal and you can look at what collectives are active and out there. Now, if you look across the Big Ten, Illinois has two collectives. IU has three collectives, and they all have different focuses. One is on hoops, one is on football, and one goes towards good causes. Maryland has four collectives. Michigan has three. Michigan State has two. Then Minnesota, Iowa, Purdue, Rutgers, Wisconsin, and Nebraska all have one collective. Now, Nebraska used to have three. One fell off the cliff, and uh, the second one, they're not sure if it's active or not on that portal, but you can see that there are multiple schools out there with multiple collectives. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they're ahead of the game. You don't know how much money is coming in with those, but it all becomes, are these collectives focusing in the right areas and the longevity of this thing? Because as we get further along in IL, there's probably going to be more constraints. Now, what are those going to be? We don't know. But if you set your collectives up in a way that can be a foundational thing and something that can extend and not have to worry about loopholes or falling apart or anything like that, that is where you start to find the long-term success of it all. And I am pretty confident that Dinky Town Athletes has been looking at every single possible way of how to make this substantial and sustainable. And that's the biggest thing. So I really, uh, looking at the landscape, I think that the Gophers are probably somewhere in the middle of the pack when it comes to their NIL efforts. And I think that they're doing everything they possibly can to keep it growing and keep it again sustainable is the key word there now one thing to keep in mind on three i googled really quick to see who are the top collectives out there if there was anything and back in last summer they named their top 20 collectives at the time and if you look at that michigan was number 13 in there uh besides them you had nebraska at number 19 i think those were the only two current big 10 teams to show up in that nil top 20 collectives so it's not like the big 10 has been blowing the doors down I was surprised not to see Ohio State in there, but if you look at the incoming schools, Oregon was number three, Washington was in the top 12, I believe. So the schools coming in have good foundations in their collective as well. So it is just going to be the wild, wild west with these NIL collectives and with NIL in general. But the biggest thing is sustainable in creating something that can last long-term through some tumultuous things. Now, somebody else asked about like why if the Gophers... Here, let me pull it up. It's right here. Dinky Town Collective compare with other NIL school funding. I hear that the money we have is from Fortune 500 companies right downtown, but we still don't get top recruits. I think there's a little bit of confusion on that one because we don't have any pairing with the Fortune 500 companies downtown. I think a lot of fans are hoping in the long term that we can find those, those Fortune 500 companies because there are a lot of them here in Minnesota. And if we can find ways to pair up with them and get more income and more source resources for these student athletes that hopefully the Gophers Collective could take off. Now, I know that the people at Dinkytown Athletes, they look into how can that work sustainably and legally and following the rules. So there's a lot of different loopholes and a lot of different things you have to take into consideration before you can just say, why haven't you approached Target? Why haven't you approached Best Buy? I know that they're working on it. I know that they're trying to make this thing as sustainable and as effective as possible. So I think they're headed in the right direction, but it is 
tough. That was a lot of answers for that NIL collective, but I definitely wanted to touch on it. Now, looking a little bit over to recruiting, that's what our next question has coming in. Now, he said, with the big changes on how to recruit, has Minnesota hired someone to just scout and recruit from other D1 programs rosters? It's a great question. And to be honest, that's probably been happening for years. Now, you've got nine current staff members that aren't coaches that their sole duty or their sole responsibility is somewhat related to recruiting and a recruiting role aside from coaching. You've got your on-campus recruiting, which wouldn't be anything in that territory. It's strictly what it says in the name, on-campus recruiting. So when you get recruits, prospects to the school, they handle everything from the point of contact for visits, putting together itineraries, getting meetings scheduled with professors and the majors that those students want to go towards uh, setting up hotel rooms with the goodies and things to have that player feel welcome from the second they touch Dinky Town. And on top of that, navigating tours, that's all on-campus recruiting. So they don't touch that. But the recruiting assistants we have on staff, those are, think of them like interns. They will do any role that is given to them when it is coming to recruiting. But then you look at your assistant for personnel and recruiting, your director of recruiting management, your director of recruiting operations, and your director of player personnel. Now, all of those folks work together in tandem. Now I used to work for a program in the D2 space and we refused to touch transfer portal. It was blasphemous. I don't understand why that was the case, but regardless, so I'm a little shabby on that front, but the things that you, the thing with recruiting is you can watch the film on anyone. I don't know if you know this, but you are given the tape of every single snap, every single game of the schools in your conference, not just the ones on your schedule, but your whole conference for sure. You get every single game, every single week, the end zone angle, both sometimes both end zone angles, the sideline angle and everything. So you can keep track of which players are standing out to you and you can kind of have all of the resources to scout any player. On top of that, you can do different exchanges with the schools and films and whatnot. So you can get access to the film for any school out there for the most part. Now, on top of that, you have all those resources to put together. So if somebody hits the portal, you can start to gather all of that, get their clips together and all those those clips, those films are tagged. You tag by who makes a reception, what type of play it is, pass or run, the down and distance. All of that information is tagged. So it's really easy to cycle through all of that stuff. Now, the biggest thing is you can't make contact with players until they officially enter the portal. Now, I know a lot of folks out there are rolling their eyes like, what? That's clearly not happening because technically the portal doesn't open until Monday for most players. But... That being said, when a coach is fired, when a player is a graduate, uh, when a player is in the Ivy League schools and they can't go on for a graduate degree or like have that extended play for the Ivy League football rules and other there are other exceptions out there that you can go and have those communications early. So that's what a lot of those ones out there are currently. But once it hits Monday, that is officially Anybody can hit the portal as long as you go through the compliance office. And as soon as you do that and you put your name in, any coach can have contact with you at that point. They can have you come visit. They can uh, offer you anything like that. And then on top of that, you can um, totally spaced on where I was going with that one. But basically, oh, that what I was going to say is the players, they can, if they want to say, I don't want to talk to anybody except for these schools. You can shut down your communications to certain schools. So there's lots of little nooks and crannies to get lost in when it comes to the transfer portal. But the biggest thing is Monday is the biggest wave. And it's, I can tell you right now, if any 
recruit any prospect on a different team the Gophers are interested in. They will have all of their film them the last season, probably any season that they have played any snaps in. They will have access to that film where they could give a very good, very thorough evaluation for the player before they decide to offer or bring them on campus or anything of the sort. So I hope that helps with that recruiting question. Now we're going to turn to some basketball questions and some other questions on football that are related as well. That's what's coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel.com because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning Moneyline bet. Now, the easiest one, in my opinion, if you want to take a swing on it, is Michigan beating Iowa. It's going to happen. It's not even an if and or a but. It's going to happen. So you place $5 on that, you will get $150 in bonus bets when Michigan wins, and you can visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's dive into some more of these questions. we're turning a little bit more basketball related, but the one person said percentage chance Ben Johnson is fired if they end up playing on weakling Wednesday in the big tournament again. You know, I think uh, Mark Coyle has preached a lot about patience and being supportive of a lot of the different coaches. But I think if Ben Johnson has this team in the cellar once again, and they don't find a way to find some sort of improvement, get towards 500, possibly even get over 500, then I definitely think his seat, would be a blaze. And that's just my opinion. That's no insider information or anything like that. But you can't at any conference, any high major conference, you cannot be in the cellar year after year after year, three straight years in the cellar. I don't think anybody's keeping their job in that point. So he's definitely have to has to show some massive improvement. This Gophers team is probably the most talented of the three years we've seen. So I do think it's a possibility they get out of that cellar, maybe get into the 11th or 10th seat when it comes to the men's basketball standings for the Big Ten, and would that be enough to keep another year going forward? I think it possibly could. I think that a lot of fans don't want to hear that, but that's probably the truth when it comes to that one. Now, some other basketball questions we've got. How many wins do you see the Gophers hoop squad getting in conference this season? Now, I've looked at the schedule back and forth and heading into it, once we were like 4-0 and or 3-1, and and whatever it was, I was like, okay, maybe there's a chance, especially when we got up on Missouri, if we could have held that lead, it's like, okay, this is starting to get respectable. But I think overall, I would sit around eight conference wins. I think that is the most you probably see with this team. Now, that feels kind of negative to me, but it could get you right around that 500 mark, maybe a game or two ahead of that 500 mark, depending on how you finish out your non-conference. And I think that's enough for Ben to extend his job another year in Mark Coyle's eyes. So I think that is probably the realistic thing. Do I think they have a chance to be a bubble team in March? It's going to be tough. You're going to have to probably get above that eight-win mark, but it's definitely still in the cards. You just have to correct the issues that you've seen. 
And in that 30-point win that they had yesterday, I thought that there were a lot of good things, but also as it went on, it looked there was a lot of sloppy play, bad habits, and like reckless things that they were doing. And I feel like you can create problems for yourself later if you get into the, okay, we're up by 30. Now we can look at these looks instead of running what your intentions are to get better moving forward. So you can't get lost in the sauce with all of that stuff. You have to keep it fundamental. You got to keep it in the flow of your offensive system and cut down turnovers, cut down mistakes, cut down silly issues. Otherwise, those will likely come back to bite you when you do get to the closer game. So hopefully the Gophers show some improvement. They'll have their first outlooks on it. This upcoming week, they play Ohio State on the road. Then they play Nebraska at home. Both of those teams, one's six and one, I believe. The other is seven and oh. So they're going to give good challenges and good looks for this Gophers team. And that'll give you a good feel on what this Big Ten season really could be for this specific Minnesota roster. Now we've got a couple more questions on here. And if there are any questions along the way, definitely feel free to drop them in the comments. Otherwise, I will wrap this show up with these final questions. Uh, one of them is, which Gopher team do you think has the best chance of winning a Big Ten championship or a national championship? And I can't include the hockey teams. I mean, that would probably be the first way you would want to go is the hockey teams because they've already won the Big Ten on multiple occasions, whether it's be the season long. They got to get the tournament one still, but they find ways to get it done. But if I can't choose the hockey teams, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this women's basketball team has a chance to win the Big Ten championship. Now, not this year, not in year one. But I think with that core group and in another year of experience with Coach Don Plitzwhite, maybe their junior year or their senior year, I think it is absolutely possible and within the cards. I would not count them out. And the thing is, a lot of the teams that are at the top of the conference, Indiana, your uh, who else is up there right now? Maryland, a lot of those schools that have been pegged at the top of the conference, Iowa, their best players are senior players. Some of them are juniors, but the core of the Gophers' best players right now is sophomores. And you get them into their junior year and their senior year, and you keep people here, which I think Coach Plitzwhite will, and you continue to build impact young players like we see uh, G Money as a true freshman making an impact. I think that they have a realistic chance to do that, win a Big Ten championship in the next two or three years with that core group of girls. So that's definitely the team that I would pick in that one. Now, the final question that I have gotten is what is the biggest priority or worry when it comes to this Gophers football team? And I think there's two worries, two priorities that you have to get going. The first one is finding a quarterback that elevates this roster because you can't just go in and take the scraps within the transfer portal. You have to find a way to get someone that is a difference maker at the quarterback position. Now I'm not saying you have to go out there and get one of these guys who are in the NIL conversation for millions of dollars or anything like that, but you have to find someone that can run this system that you want in the style that you want to play efficiently while still being patient, not getting mad about, oh, there might not be a ton of passing attempts coming for me in this offense, but I realize that the eyes will be there for the Big Ten. I realize that the opportunity will be there. And I'm sure the Gophers coaches are going to be talking about, oh, we can get about 30 pass attempts per game. That's probably a number that is more realistic when you're talking about presenting it to a transfer portal quarterback and having them be interested in your school. And talking about that, you have the weapons in a Daniel Jackson, in a Darius Taylor, but priority number one needs to be making sure those guys are staying here on board. Because if you see those names hit the portal on Monday or in this upcoming week, that is going to take a major hit to the Gophers 
uh, ability to be in, in any what any bit enticing for a quarterback in the transfer portal. If you lose players that pique that interest, and I'm talking about your Daniel Jacksons, your Darius Taylor, your Elijah Spencer, Ariante Ursary, those core guys that can protect the quarterback, give the quarterback outlets, and have a guy who has 800 receiving yards coming back, have a guy who put up almost 600 rushing yards in four games. If you have that coming back, it's going to be enticing for a quarterback. It's going to be enticing for a guy who wants to take that step up into the power five level play i wouldn't expect a riley leonard a will howard or anything like that we probably don't have quite the nl nil funds to get there but also i don't think a lot of those players would fit the culture and be kind of selfless to the point where it's not about the number of passing attempts the number of passing yards i have but i just want to win games plain and simple make the right reads and win games that's why max brosmer is really intriguing to me after talking to his quarterbacks coach seeing what his focus is seeing what his strengths are i think he could really fit this team ej warner was a guy that i have a lot of uh, i like him a lot i'm not sure if he's the best fit for this gophers team but again with all of those bigger names in the portal he's maybe someone that is still uh possible for the gophers so i think there are some names that you can look at and see a lot of potential in but i think the big biggest thing that is going to be prioritized is experience and being able to read the field because Ethan had a lot of talent but he didn't have what the Gophers needed when it came to the long read progressions and staying in the pocket. Ethan is a player that needs to move out on the run and play with his natural instinct and be able to let it fly or get out of the pocket and whatnot. And that wasn't the Gopher system. And we saw how it all played out. It didn't play out between well between the two parties. But if you get a guy that is Tanner Morgan light or has that ability to stay in the pocket longer and have the anticipatory throws, but has maybe a stronger arm has a quicker release or something like that, that can elevate it a little bit more. That's where you can get back to finding success in your offense and finding success within this system. Even if it isn't a flashy system that you like, or that I like, I would love to see modern aspects work their way into this offense, but right now that's not realistic. And another thing is people keep talking about they want a new offensive coordinator, but I can tell you if the Gophers are already offering quarterbacks, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach, who is the same person, is not going anywhere. Because if you're already offering these guys, you're trying to build that relationship. You're trying to get them to not only meet him, but have that likeness and that that inspiration to want to play for him and then come here and be a part of that. So there's no way that the offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach is changing regardless of if that is what you prefer or not. So the biggest thing is finding someone that fits that system can get quick reads. That is the priority numero uno with a quarterback in our eyes and then keeping your current weapons so you can still entice a quarterback. So you can still have guys want to come here. Now in today's show, and you can check it out, uh, we dropped one this morning that talked about should the Gophers take two portal quarterbacks? I think it is the answer. I'll let you check out that show, but we're going to wrap this one up. I appreciate y'all for tapping in and listening live. I appreciate the listener questions. I will see y'all starting next week on Monday when the portal officially opens. Hopefully the Gophers secured their core players and we move forward from there. This is Kane Rob signing off. Row the boat, Sky Imago Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.